Welcome to Weaver's Beyond the Numbers Real Estate Podcast. I'm Rob Nowak, real estate industry tax partner with Weaver. And as always, I'm joined by my partner and collaborator, Howard Altschuler, Weaver's partner in charge of real estate services. Howard, what's going on today? It looks like you're at home. I am at home. I'm getting ready to go out of town to go um, see some football on Saturday. That's old Miss, right? That is right. Hotty toddy. Yeah, there you go. Well, um, we're turning up the level of expertise and perhaps uh, maybe interest and even intelligence. Uh, We have a special guest today who's going to talk a bit about life science and biotechnology. We have Tyler Ridley. Tyler is not only a CPA and a senior manager in our valuation practice, but also um, I believe you're earning your master's in biomedical engineering from Johns Hopkins. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's right. Excellent. Well, welcome, Definitely Tyler. an upgrade for us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks for, for having me. And it's a pleasure being here to talk about something I'm so passionate about. Uh, hopefully, everyone listening today is not too tired about hearing about biotechnology. I know it's consumed um, the consciousness of many people over the last two years. So uh, hopefully there's a little bit left that uh, they can listen to. Well, you know, Tyler, it's just hard to think of another industry that's been tested in such an incredible way as biotech and medtech and biomedical property um, was at the start of the pandemic. Uh, so I'm interested to hear how it's, you know, this increased in awareness in biotech um, and also to the extent that you can comment on, um, you know, medical, medical real estate, biotech, real estate, et cetera, has, has, is, is working out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the recent spike in, in healthcare IPOs and performance has really solidified the, the IPO pathway as a promising exit strategy for life science investors. Uh, and furthermore, I think it's a shift in the narrative around biopharma and medtech um, from you know, profit-driven industries characterized by nefarious price-couching executives to more strategic industries that really came to the aid of government and society more broadly in a real time of crisis. And I think this change in sentiment more broadly um, by institutional investors has really increased in trust and focus in life science as an area of investment um, and, and innovation as well. When, when we think about how um, just the coronavirus, the pandemic, things that we've learned about you know, these types of issues and you know, vaccine deployment over the past year, how has that morphed or, or changed deal activity? You know, there, there obviously where there was a bit of a contraction at some point early in the stages of, of the pandemic, um, but how has that changed? Certainly, there's been a big shift. I mean, 2020, we saw significant drop-offs in deals, um, but MedTech is at a record-setting pace this year. Um, you know, 2020, there was a ban on elective surgeries, and um, there was challenges in closing deals. Um, you know, p- performing due diligence was an area of uh, a particular challenge and concern. And then also, also integrating in a virtual environment was a matter that not many people had performed as well. Um, but, you know, MedTech led by telemedicine and digital, uh, digital therapeutics has really seen a spike this far, this far in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's largely driven by a, an adoption of evolving uh, delivery of care models. Uh, I think, you know, another interesting observation is that VC MedTech investment has reached astounding levels. Uh, I think the, you know, it's been characterized by larger deal sizes with the largest rounds going to some of the, the more mature players rather than startups. Um, you know, MedTech's deal value has also exceeded 2020 
uh, total so far um, and is on pace to be the highest value since 2017, despite a decline in total deal volume, which indicates that the, you know, the value per deal on average is increasing. Um, and I'd say, you know, one of the last observations that really stuck out to me is that, you know, VCPE investment is pouring into devices, notably at later stages than they would normally participate. Uh, and I think that's driven by the, the devices industry's reputation of having superior post IPO performance over the past few years. You know, Tyler, it's interesting because you mentioned at the beginning about kind of the change in the investor pattern from a, to a, in a biotech and pharma, et cetera. You know, I've got a number of investments in some pharma companies and some of them are in devices. Some of them are in, you know, using AI to, to deal with, with biotech, but not necessarily, you know, the traditional drug companies that I think a lot of people are invested in. But what moves those markets moves the market for some of the investments I'm, I'm in as well. And so one of the things I look at are some of the regulatory changes. Um, so from your perspective, what are you seeing is how some of the regulatory changes are impacting the industry? Yeah, it's certainly having a large impact. Um, Biopharma in particular saw, you know, great deal activity in the IPO market. Um, and that's the primary mechanism that they're, that investors are using as exit there. But they're seeing a muted M&A market. And I think that's particularly around concerns related to, you know, potential regulatory actions to curb their pricing power into lower, you know, uh, drug prices overall. Mm -hmm. um, despite that caution, you know, if you look at licensing information, it reveals that, you know, 2021 has been a massive year for licensing arrangements um, with upfront free upfront fees transacting at record levels, indicating that valuations in even the licensing space is on the rise. Um, and so that may indicate that companies' risk tolerance to acquire companies is is not as tolerable to you know acquire them as it is to license their technology. So Tyler, as we're going to start running out a bit of time here, I want to offer you last and any parting thoughts. Um, if you can you know talk about uh, just a bit about how this year has shaped up thus far, you know year is almost over, but more importantly, what do you think we're going to see for the rest of the year in terms of you know M and A activity uh, into next year? Just help us understand mm -hmm. that a little bit. Yeah, certainly, you know, valuations are, are high in industry. And so that makes the job of executives to um, acquire some of these costly acquisitions really difficult to make. Um, I think the evolving regulatory climate um, with no permanent head of the FDA is something that's really hard to wrap their heads around. And, um, you know, M&A activity in late summer and fall has been really hot. So we'll see if those are offset. Um, and then looking forward, I know supply chain is a major concern for many companies. So we'll see to the extent for vertical acquisitions boost M&A activity. Well, great. Well, thanks for taking some time with us today. Again, you can find uh, this broadcast as well as all of our podcasts on Spotify and iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. For more podcast white papers, thought leadership and more, you can always go to weaver.com. That's weaver.com. Thank you all. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.